plants. Though there is no worry, we are going to wait, we are going to head out. Both of us, destination experts, we are going to answer our requirements. And this time, like you mentioned, we are talking about summer vacations. And uh, some of the popular destinations for the month of May, June, even that's the highlight for the summer vacation. Uh, you should be looking at stuff like Australia or New Zealand or uh, places in the Europe. And some of the popular destinations would be Europe because uh, it's, it's the best time to go. And that's when the summer season is. And you could look at a couple of combos depending on what you are interested in and uh, what your interests are. And you should be looking at uh, France, Switzerland, and Italy, one of the best combos, given you have a lot of different aspects to that. And also, given that it's summer being very hot, some people consider beach destinations like Bali, where the climate is really good. You have wonderful beaches in the south, places like Musandwa, Gili Islands. You can also consider, if you're very keen on Europe and beaches like your theme of the vacation, I would suggest places like Italy in the southern region, maybe Amalfi Coast, Cape Bay Islands, or you can even head out to Barcelona, which has really good beaches as well. So, anyway, we actually have a couple of questions already listed for us. This guy, this question is by Mr. Gaurav from Gurgaon. Suggest family places for a whole week in the month of May. That's a good choice. Given that if you're traveling as a family, I'm sure it's mainly for the kids. And again, keeping places like Southeast Asia, I would recommend you doing uh, Thailand would be a very good option, especially the south of Thailand being Phuket, Rabi, you have very good beaches there, uh, good water sport activities. You can actually do a day trip to this place called Fifi Island, which is actually known for the white sand beaches as well. So that's one option you can consider. If you're looking at more of adventure, thrill vacation, I would suggest Singapore because you have the two best uh, theme parks in the world being Universal and Singapore, respectively. Looking at something cultural, nature part, I would recommend Bali as well because you again have a lot of cultural places like Ubud. Then you also can move up now to a place called Mangal, again, wonderful beach properties and just chill. Places like York can also be considered, like Paris, you can also combine it with Switzerland for a snow experience, I think it would be really thrilled. Yeah, so these are suggestions, but again, you can you have to a lot of options as well. But one thing I would like to add is, I would recommend to uh, go to places close to the Southeast Asia. Whether you're looking at only a week, like others should be traveling a lot, and uh, going as a family, going with children, that's something people would want to avoid. So, our recommendation, we would be looking at some place in the Southeast Asia itself. Because Europe, again, the distance in terms of the airport and the flight is too high. And with which, we would recommend taking places close to the Southeast Asia. So that you could spend some quality time there. And moving on to the next question. So Deepika from Chennai has asked, uh, what island destinations would you recommend for family holidays? The children are super active and can't be left for themselves, but the adult want uh, just to unwind and relax. And she's also asking about babysitting, uh, it sounds like babysitting are available during these vacations. So firstly, talking about uh, island destinations. So, Okay, most of the uh, like famous ones are going to be in and out of the Southeast Asia. So something like Madras, Mauritius, Seychelles. You could also look at some offbeat places close to Singapore called Winton Islands. And if you are looking at Melbourne, Greece would be a good option. But considering you're going in family, I would recommend going to uh, Mauritius because you have a lot of sightseeing to do. And even you mentioned that you are going with children. There you have a lot of uh, family friendly activities that you could do. And talking about babysitting, again, these hotels they do have uh, these type of concert services which uh, allows you to have babysitting options and uh, 
uh, those things you could uh, upgrade from the portions itself. But if you're talking about Mauritius or these kind of random destinations, the whole idea uh, that you would be able to get a better experience is purely depending on the combination that you're looking at. Because, like you also mentioned, the whole idea is just to relax and just unwind. So, I would recommend Mauritius as a good combination. Yeah, just given that she's pretty much keen on babysitting, these top notch properties actually have assigned babysitters for people who actually want to just unwind themselves. And one of the kids at least, so that's also a real person you can consider them. Cool, okay, moving on to the next. Oh, this question is from a person to UK, Neha. Are places like Singapore, Malaysia, Hong Kong friendly for vegetarian? Okay, this is again a pretty tricky question. Anywhere outside India, vegetarian is a problem like everyone knows. But these places, because a lot of Indians being there, you have a lot of vegetarian restaurants which can actually provide you good Indian or North Indian or South Indian meals for your service. Okay, in terms of places like Singapore, you have this place called Little India, which actually has like restaurants like Samhita Hotel, Samagawan, which again give you authentic Indian food. And places like Hong Kong in the Kowloon region, as well as the Shinshai region, you again have good restaurant options. Malaysia, it is always in the city center near, near the KSC, you have to more than Toronto, you again have a couple options. So these places, compared to rest, I mean, with respect to Indian food or vegetarian food, it won't be a problem for you. And we have yet another question from Mr. Jamro from Jaipur and he's asking about the best places to head for this summer. So again, it would depend on your preference because if you are looking at a place which is really good, because the whole idea uh, to go away from some location is to go to a little older place. And for this time, I would recommend going to Australia because Australia again is a family friendly place. You could look at cities, there's the Great Barrier Reef in Kings, you have so many national parks, you have a lot of beaches to explore. And you also have a lot of theme parks. Even if you're traveling with children, you would want to explore the theme parks, right? And Australia is known for its wildlife. It, it gives you a pretty a unique experience, and you get to see all of this uh, from the same country. And some some parts of Australia, which is not very popular, not uh, like they are offbeat, considered offbeat, are places like Uluru or Darwin, especially. And Darwin, if you are like if you are looking at a unique experience, looking at uh, seeing crocodiles or even swimming with crocodiles, you have those options in Darwin. And especially families in case the adults like fishing. So Darwin is one good option that you should be considering. So this way that would be looking at a good place. But if you are looking at a summer vacation place, you do not mind the heat. So in that case I would recommend Europe. And in Europe, I mean, depending on what you want to explore, for example if you are looking at adventure, so Spain would be the go-to place. And again, if you're looking at partying, Ibiza and Spain itself would be a good option. In Greece, you have Mykonos, which again gives you a lot of nice parties. But again, it depends on uh, like your preferences. And one popular combination, like I was mentioning earlier, so France, Switzerland, and Italy is a good combination. The reason I'm mentioning this is a good combination is because you get different, different experiences. So France, you get uh, the city experience, you can visit the Eiffel Tower, the Sea River Cruise. You also have a Disneyland. So considering you're going with children, Disneyland would be a good option that we want to explore. Switzerland, again, going uh, with like, you yourself, a balance going, you want to just relax, explore the nature. So, closer, you have good options like you can visit the wind flow, you can visit mountain lifts. Uh, for the children, also, you have scenic trains, you have uh, the chocolate train that you would want to explore. And Italy, again, you would want going to Europe, you would want to explore a little bit of art and architecture and the beaches as well, right? So, in Italy, you would be able to see all those things. 
So, if you're looking at Europe, then I would recommend my personal recommend nation would be France, Switzerland, and Italy. Okay, okay. Uh, any other question from Krishna Muthi? He's asking us buying a solo trip to Australia and New Zealand. That's very really good. I know it's going to be an advanced idea. Okay. This I will do to start because he is a company destination expert for Australia and New Zealand. So, why do you get to Australia and New Zealand? Uh, he's mentioning he's concerned about the visa process because uh, he's going uh, solo. And generally, for a solo traveler, for Australia especially, you do not need to, you do not have to book anything, not your flights, not your hotels. So you could start a visa process without that itself. And once you apply, you need the general documents like your passports, a couple of passport size photos, your ideas. So if you are working, you need to have your ideas and your papers. All those general documents, we recommend having a, a nice uh, bank balance because that's something that we generally want to see. And uh, I would recommend looking at Australia first. And because you'll be able to book, uh, without booking anything, you'll be able to go for your visa. And once you go through the Australian uh, visa, I would recommend booking your flights, your activities, etc. And then you should be looking at uh, doing New Zealand visa. Because for New Zealand especially, you need to book your flights and your accommodation along with your activity. You need to show your activity as well for this. And for solo travels, uh, if you have relatives, we recommend that you have uh, the invitation letter from them and other documents that you'll be needing for those. And but in other visa, these countries are uh, very tourist friendly and they are promoting their uh, uh, their own country. So visa generally should not be a problem as long as you have the right documents. And uh, yeah, we can probably just head towards the next question. Okay, we have the next question from Mr. Kalan from Fitchi. What are the best places to in Gold Coast? So, Gold Coast, if you see, is the hub for the water activities, for the beaches, and a lot of day trips that you do. And the best place to in Gold Coast, if you're asking my recommendation, would be the Surfers Paradise, which is close to all the restaurants, close to all the meeting points of the activities, and you have nice properties. And if you're asking my recommendation, Surfers Paradise would be one, because it also offers nice experience in terms of the beaches which are there and it's very close. So if you're asking uh, the best place that's going to be surplus paradise. Great. We have another question from Mr. Dreef from Delhi. How much in advance do you recommend we plan for our summer vacation? Is 10 days prior to the past day okay? Again, coming to this, it completely depends upon your destination. Like for example, places like Bali and Thailand where visas are available and on government, all people do plan at least a week or two weeks in advance, but that might cost you a bomb in terms of your accommodation and your flights. But if you're looking to save a lot of money and more spend of there going shopping and other experiences, I would recommend at least three to four months in advance. So that's when the deals for the flights and hotels come and you also have a lot of availability options to choose from. Now coming to places like Europe, where you actually have a lengthy visa procedure which takes you at least 15 to 20 working days, planning the at least 90 days in advance is fine so that you have enough time to set up your documents, Create a good idea for yourself, look at various options like, for example, accommodation space, flight options, and then go with it. So, ideally for Europe, anything between four to five months is recommended, but for Southeast Asia, something between three to two months is something ideal. Just one thing if I need to add is if you are looking to get the promo offers, the best time to book would be about six months in advance because that's when you get a lot of availability. You have a lot of hotels which are available because uh, if you talk about Europeans, they travel a lot and they book everything at least six, seven months in advance. So to beat them and get those availabilities, I would recommend at least six months in advance because uh, 
uh, if you're looking at saving uh, a lot of money, you should be looking at pre-planning this for any international destination. If you're looking at Bali or even other destinations, a little later would still be fine, just like how it's inside. We have another question from Soundarya Srinivasan. Any thoughts on Tvankar? We want to make a commitment to the one of May and any must-think or must-things to do. Okay, coming to this, we being international destination experts, India is something which we are not well familiar, not familiar on, so I wouldn't suggest that don't go there. But if you are open, I would recommend you considering options just off the coast, like you can consider places which are really close by, like for example Thailand or Bali, because that is where we expertise and we can give you the best of solutions. Coming to Uttarakhand, we exactly are not the right people to ask because we completely work on international destinations and international vacations. So. I'm very sorry, okay, we won't even help you, but we'll be very happy to work things for international vacation in India. So. Okay, so we have another question from Mr. Shuleep from Delhi. Do you think it is difficult to get a visa if you're traveling as a family? Being a family, that's one of the easiest things you'll actually get a visa because people obviously know that it's a family vacation and chances of rejection is very rare for a family to come back to couples or solo travelers. So I don't think so that would be an issue at all. And again, when you're considering places like Southeast Asia, for example, or places like Vietnam, Cambodia, these destinations offer visa on arrival for you. So more than easy to just book your flight tickets, land them and get things sorted. Places like Singapore will just take your maximum two to three days, but the documentation is very less, so that also won't be an issue. Places like Yoga, for example, where the documentation process is very lengthy, you will have to keep in mind that everything is in place so that once you submit these docs, the visa is like within 15 20 days, and it's done. But again, rejecting our visa from a family, I don't think that should be a discussion at all. So, we have the next question here. So, Mustafa from Ahmedabad is asking, What are the common mishaps to avoid while traveling with a family? So, one common mistake I've seen a lot of my travelers had made was they would ask me for activity, which is completely packed. So, they wanted to wake up at 8 o'clock and they wanted to do activities throughout the day. But that is something I would not recommend because uh, you'd be really tired. So probably on paper the itinerary looks really nice. But during your vacation you would not have any leisure time to explore the city or just to relax because the whole idea for a family vacation is to just relax and probably enjoy with your family, right? So that doesn't happen if you have your itinerary completely packed. And uh, one uh, suggestion I would like to offer is when you're having a flight, because generally if you're going for a multi-city uh, options, like different different city options, you have to take uh, like internal flights. And when you're taking internal flights, those days I would recommend leaving a feature so that you can at least explore the places there. And uh, otherwise it becomes really hectic because uh, you have to take a flight, come, come here, check at your hotel, and then go for an activity as well. So this could be avoided if you're not doing an activity there. You could explore the places uh, by visiting something closer to your hotel. Okay, uh, then we have been having another question from Mr. Keshav Rao who actually asked us, Hello, Solomon Shreyvansan, I am planning a summer vacation in Europe during May. How crowded will Switzerland be? Very good option. Because we are planning to spend most of the time there, uh, we would like too much crowd. Can you help us on this? Switzerland is again one of a very good destination in the summer day because that's when the winter gets over and you still have the snow experience in Newfoundland, Titmiss, which is still solid and very good for you. But again, if you're looking at not crowded places, I would recommend you moving into these pocket regions. Like for example, you could visit Zermatt for a couple of days. Montreux can also be an option. 
where from Zama you can actually visit G Star and be a very good option. Then from Montreux, you can move up now to the Lavo wine regions, which is again a very calm and peaceful place. Other options you can look at something like Bern being the capital where not much people or tourists go to. You can also consider places like Lugano in the south of Switzerland. So again, Switzerland is a very good option and you can also look into off-ground off-peak destinations so that you are at literally peace and you are away from the touristy crowd to explore things. Okay, next we have another question from Sindhu Sukumar. Hi Sawad and Watson. What are some good places to see in, the, in Europe during summer apart from the popular cities like Paris, etc.? Also, this Iceland town in Schengen. Okay, I think Sawad can answer this. He is the one who can help you with this. Yes, so in Europe, you can look at a lot of different things. So, if you are interested in partying, Netherlands would be a good option. You could go to Amsterdam and cover that. And even if you are looking at offbeat places, in France, we have a lot of different uh, things to see. For example, Strasbourg is a good option that you could explore. Means is a good option that you can explore in France itself. And like you mentioned earlier, in Switzerland also you have a lot of offbeat places like Yuban or like Bern that you should be looking at. And you could combine this with a couple of countries. Again, I would not recommend adding a lot of countries for a very short period of time. Depending on what the duration you're looking at, I would recommend uh, uh, having those many cities during those times. And uh, Austria, again, if you're interested in nature, that's a very good option. You could look at Innsbruck, Salzburg, a little bit of city life in Vienna as well. And you could look at other places like Spain, like I mentioned again. Uh, if you're looking at adventurous activities, a lot of adventurous activities are being offered in Calvary, I mean, sorry, Barcelona, in Seville. You could look at a lot of skydiving options instead. And talking about the visa, so I think again, it's covered under, under the Schengen visa. And uh, it covers the same thing. Moving on. Okay, we have another question from uh, Sheetal from Kanku. What are visa free countries we can get for the summer? We have a family of four, like scenic places and very good adventure sports. Visa on arrival places, good. Europe will again be a place where I won't suggest you because your visa, you have a lengthy visa procedure. Coming to the other side, like Southeast Asia, places like Thailand offer you visa on arrival, but you have to pay the charges at the airport, which is again a very minimal amount, and the cost is just very simple. This is your flight and your accommodation vouchers, and then your return tickets back to India, your visa is granted. Places like Cambodia, Vietnam also provide you visa on arrival, which is again the same similar process, but all of these are to be paid on spot. You don't have like a visa free cost, but you have a visa free which is to be paid. The only visa-free place I would suggest where you can actually do a lot of adventures, you can consider places like Bali, which actually has free visa. You're, you're, you just have to produce them your flight, your return tickets, and your accommodation. And then out there, coming to adventure, right from skydiving to scuba, you again have a lot of activities like trekking, early morning mountain treks, a couple of water sport activities. Then you also have the Bali swing, which is really recommended as well. So these are a couple of adventure activities that I was listening from a family of four, it's a really recommended family destination. Like places in the south being Usandua, very good beaches to north in Ubud, again an off-beat location for the private Ubuda experience. Bali would be an ideal destination and also a visa-free destination for you. So the next question is by Kuba from Kolkata. They're asking, do I need some special vaccination when I travel out of India? So most of the places would not require any special vaccination, but some places in uh, the Africa region, you would need the yellow fever vaccination if you are going through that. 
and uh, no other place would generally require any vaccination that is uh, needed. But uh, we would recommend that uh, you could look at places just closer because that way you would not have to go through those places and that's just unnecessary vaccination that you would need. Another question to us, again, Bushi and I again. How is the nightlife in New Zealand? What are the best cities where I can go for some nice club if I wish to be great? So, how do you think this? So, New Zealand is one of the best destinations that I would say uh, for a combination of city life, nature, beaches, a lot of different things that you get. And if you are looking at Lovely, one good option is definitely Auckland. Even though that's not the capital of New Zealand, you get a lot of city oriented activities and clubbing. So, nightlife is one of the best places in Auckland. You would also find the same in Queenstown and Christchurch. And in case you're looking at casinos, you have casinos in Queenstown and Christchurch as well. So, Put your money on the right track. We have another question from Shubhar Shini. What is a good time to visit Venice? Again, Venice being part, again, uh, given that the Europe season kickstarts from the month of April and goes on to September, October, that's ideally the best time to visit Venice because that's when you again have very good temperature as well. And then in terms of activities, the three island tour, you can also explore the canals and go romantic gondola ride. So anytime between April till September of Pippos, again, the very best time to visit Europe, including Venice as well. Okay, we have another question from Arishi Basu. Hi, Solomon Matsit. Is Baby Moon possible in Thailand? If yes, what is the best time to travel? Again, coming to Southeast Asia, especially Thailand, the season starts from the month of September, October, and goes on till April May. April May being the summer time, whereas October onwards, you again have the cool weather post monsoon. So baby moon will be a recommended option. You can consider places like the South region, as I mentioned again, or Phuket Krabi, if you're looking at something exquisite and offbeat, I would recommend these pocket islands like Kosamui, Kolanta, Koliti. Again, very recommended, but you have very exquisite hotels and posh properties there to give you like a nurturing service. And then if you're looking at a bit of culture, you could look at the northern part being Chiang Mai, which is again really recommended for the cultural life and the temple life as well. So the next question we have from Mr. Amitabh So he's asking, is Maldives a good choice for honeymoon in July? Firstly, congratulations on your wedding. And uh, Maldives, Maldives is a good vacation if you're looking at a short period. So if you're looking at about 4-5 minutes, I would recommend Maldives. And uh, Maldives, like I mentioned again before for Mauritius, the best uh, thing to do would be uh, to spend on your accommodation because uh, the whole time you are going to be mostly in your accommodation, you would be able to add a couple of activities, mostly water activities there. Uh, you have executive uh, like breakfast options that you could do and uh, dinners, special dinners that you could do, like a private dinner uh, thing that you could do there. And But Maldives is definitely a good option. But if you are looking at a couple of sightseeing options, I would recommend looking at a little different options. Like you come, you look at Seychelles. Seychelles again something similar to what uh, Maldives is, but we have a little extra sightseeing options. So Seychelles would be a good option that you should be uh, looking into. Okay, so we again have another question from Himani from Bangalore. What are the best places in Europe for a family looking? A short getaway. Again, Europe for a short getaway, I would recommend at least spending minimum at least five nights because given that you'll be spending such a lot of money doing a lengthy visa procedure, going there for three, four nights is not recommended. Keeping five nights in hand as a bare minimum, I would again recommend focusing on one particular country alone rather than not looking at two, three countries in the region because you'll not be exploding, that will be just like 
a half stop experience. We come this day, you pack the next day, you go to the next city, which again we don't suggest. So any city you take or cover, minimum two to three nights is suggested. Now, for family vacation, if you guys are looking for a kid friendly place, I would recommend Paris for the Disneyland, the Eiffel Tower, the Sea River Cruise. So that may be a very different experience for you. If you're looking more into the nature part, you could look at places like Switzerland. Italy also can be considered like the southern part of Italy for the Amalfi Coast Cape region, which I can be looked into. If you're looking at more of history, culture, I would recommend doing Eastern Europe, like taking Prague, for example, you could head out there, the Sisti Kronberg, that's something which you can look at. You can also look at Austria coming, Vienna, Salzburg, Innsbruck, more of culture and seeing beauty into it. Or last option, you can just take Hungary looking at Budapest alone. So these are a couple of options to use this, but minimum for a period of 5 6 nights. So next question we have Karun from USA and asking should I opt for a self-drive option or use coach-based services in Australia? So Australia, if you see, I would not recommend self-drive unless you are looking at only the Great Ocean Road because the Great Ocean Road is one of the most beautiful roads that you would come across around the whole globe. And only for that, I might recommend taking a self-drive car but I would not recommend doing self-drive for the rest of the places. The reason being, uh, most of these places are cities and you have to travel by flights because the distance is too much. And if you are taking a car within the city, so you'll be paying a lot of parking in the hotels outside and obviously the fuel cost. So, and also the hassle of driving uh, the traffic. So, you could always go for a coachways too and uh, not have those hassles. Uh, but on the same hand, if you're looking at New Zealand, I would have definitely recommend uh, a self-driving car because the best way to explore for New Zealand is going to be by hiding the car. The reason being, New Zealand is mostly into the nature and the scenic beauty that you get on the way. It's a road trip uh, that you want to do. And for New Zealand, I would have definitely recommended uh, a self-driving car, but uh, not for Australia. Great, so we have another question from Monali who's from Kolkata. Would you recommend rebooking baggage from an airship flight and catching to Bali from Kolkata? That is something I would strongly recommend to you, but again, when you're booking your flights, I would recommend you booking your baggage at that point of time because that's when it is the cheapest. Later on, after booking your flight, closer to your travel date, you can again add baggage, but it will be at least 10-15% more expensive. And if you're willing to do it, at the time of checking at the airport, it will cost you a bomb. Right, so I would recommend you rebooking baggage at the time of check-in so that, I mean, at the time of booking a flight so that you have it at the most economic price and you again have lot of options to use from like from a 15 kilo extra baggage to 20 kilo, 25 kilo, which gives you a price range as well. So that's when it's best book. And I would definitely, like you said, recommend adding the baggage because one of my own clients, they paid a bomb for the baggage because they were not willing to rebook it. But later on, when they needed the baggage, they ended up paying up about 5, 6 grand extra compared to what they would have bought just by pre-booking it. So baggage is left because these are airlines like AirAsia or Scoot which generally do not offer the check-in packages and they generally make money out of uh, the baggage. So that way you can save that amount by just pre-booking and paying for that. Okay. Uh, we have another question from Vishwamuthi again. Hi Saab, sorry to keep bothering you with too many questions. How would I recommend this clubbing coming Bora Bora with New Zealand? What does this place have to offer basically? Again, another thing to use here. So, Bora Bora, you see, is a, a very nice place just for the islands. And like you mentioned, it's best combined with New Zealand. But I would recommend Bora Bora only if you're looking at at least 15 to 20, uh, 15 to 20 days. Because the travel from New Zealand to Bora Bora, when you have to go, you have to take a flight to Papiti 
and for probably to Bora Bora, which means that you just have to take a lot of flights. And firstly, I would recommend Bora Bora only if you're very comfortable with this, because the whole idea of just traveling would not be there. Because I'm sure that you want a relaxation trip if you're looking at Bora Bora. But one place close to Bora Bora would be Fiji, and something similar to what Bora Bora is, but not so far from Newsnet. And it's just a direct flight from Auckland. You also have good connectivity from Fiji to uh, Christchurch. And in Fiji, you have a lot of uh, private islands, so you could look at accommodations there. And uh, the whole idea of leisure and exploring the beaches and the reef is something you could explore in Fiji itself. Okay, so we again have another question from uh, Girinder Ramesh. Of 1.25 lakhs, what places would you suggest? Good. So again, I assume this is meet for both of you together, or if I assume it's a couple, so it will be for both of you together. So again, if you're looking at a couple of 1.25, I would recommend considering places like Southeast Asia because Europe is surely going to cost you more. Your flights will only cost you at least 80 to 85,000 for both of you. So that'll again be over the budget. Keeping 1.25 lakhs in mind, I would recommend places like Thailand being the summer final again. Where you can actually do Phuket, Krabi, very good beach destinations, nice beach properties. You can also consider Singapore, Malaysia, Malaysia combining Kuala Lumpur and Langkawi. Again, a very a good destination, a mix of beaches and sitting there experience. Or you can always end up with Bali again, where looking good private villas, nice beach properties, and a couple of happy as well. So, pretty much Southeast Asia is the place I would suggest you go to. And we have yet another question from Mr. Hari. And they're asking if you can do Bali with an 80 to 90k for two people. So, Bali, you see, the main expense that you have would be for your flights. I mean, if you are looking to save for the flights, the best way to do it would be planning this at least five, six months in advance. And one main thing I would want to mention is you should be flexible with your dates. Because in case you are flexible, because for example, uh, flying out on a weekend, that is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, is generally a little more expensive compared to what a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday would be. So I would recommend being a little flexible because that's when you'll be able to get the best offer for the flights and that's the whole idea because you would not want to spend a lot on flights right? and you would be able to spend that on accommodation and for your activities. So in this case, 90k would be possible for two people if you are planning this well in advance and are flexible with your dates. And to solve as well, I would recommend you choosing places in the south like Chennai, Bangalore or Kochi as departure because AirAsia has very good fares from these places and it is surely noble within the given budget And one tip again, so like you mentioned AirAsia, we would again recommend adding baggage beforehand because you do not want to spend a bomb just for the baggage. We have a question from Bala from Kanpur. How important is travel insurance? Do you advise to get that for a trip to Bali? Again, places like Southeast Asia, travel insurance is not mandatory like other destinations like Australia, New Zealand or Europe because to process your visa, you must have a travel insurance. So places in Southeast Asia like Bali, Vietnam, Cambodia, uh, Maldives, uh, then again Singapore, Malaysia is an option which we need to. But again, from a travel perspective, we would recommend taking one because anything, I mean, you cannot predict the future what's going to happen. So to keep you on the safer side, I would recommend you taking a travel insurance. And for places like Southeast Asia, the travel insurance like a 50k silver plan which cost you bare minimum of I think 500-600 bucks per person for the whole trip. So which is again a very small amount of shelling, but it will give you a good benefit in the future in case something happens. Yeah, because if you lose your uh, baggage or if it gets damaged, you lose your passport or your flight gets delayed, so all those benefits you get by taking those insurances. So we would recommend taking insurance. Okay, we have another question from again 
Prasanjit from Gurgaon. How early do I plan my vacation? What vacation to get the best place? Okay, as discussed earlier itself during the AMA, we are also told that places like Southeast Asia and uh, Southeast Asia would take at least four to five months in advance that you get good fares for the flights, hotel accommodation. Europe, if you're looking to plan very good in advance, at least six to seven months is what people do because that's when they are clear that the vacation is on and they have a lot of options to choose from dig down to getting cheaper flights and accommodation. So anywhere between four to six months is again a very good time to plan things in advance. So we have this question from Palak from Amritsar. So she's asking, how can I make my trip a little more adventurous while I'm traveling with a six-year-old? So one common mistake a lot of people traveling with children make is that they choose activities that uh, the children might not be able to do. So in that case, what happens is one of the uh, like either one of the parents need to be aside with the child while they're doing the activity. So this can be avoided by choosing activities such that you'd be able to do this with your uh, child as well. So that's going to be one friendly tip that you should be looking into when you're planning the next trip. Okay, another question from Krishnamurti again, okay. Hi Watson, I'm, all, I'm also planning a trip for my parents, such as some offbeat destinations. I'm looking at something that has rich culture and history, temples mainly. Wow. Again, if you're looking at temples mainly and your parents are keen on the religious aspect of it, I would recommend Cambodia for sure, because that's where you have the biggest temple in the world, being the Angkor Wat, Angkor Thom, and Siambi. Where you can spend at least solid three to four nights, visit the Bhattisarya Sabhanta, which is known for the Thousand River, Thousand River Linga. So that's also something which I would suggest. Then you can also combine that with North Friend, where you have the kidney fields, which is completely history oriented, which they surely enjoy. Again, adding on to that, if you're looking to extend a trip a bit more, say you're open to eight to ten days or even two weeks, I would recommend combining Cambodia along with Vietnam so that you can cover places like Hanoi, Ho Chi Minh, Hoi An, which again gives you a complete description of what the country in terms of the history and culture has to offer you. Next question is uh, okay. So we are vegetarians and we prefer cooking our own food. And we are traveling to Australia in the month of uh, May. So would we be having accommodations uh, which gives you access to kitchen as well? So one uh, thing about Australia and New Zealand. So you would you would find a lot of places which offer apartments. And when I say apartments, these are offered by hotels themselves. So they have different types of apartments depending on your group. So if you're traveling as a couple, you could look at a one bedroom. At a uh, family of four, you could look at a two bedroom one. And the idea behind this is given you're looking at a family vacation, uh, you would want to spend a little quality time and stay together. And coming back to your question about a kitchen, so you would have kitchen facilities in the same apartment, and you would have a lot of options of cooking yourself. You have uh, dishwashers, you have the utensils that you need, you have a stuffed top, and you can use all of that. And you have a lot of uh, supermarkets in and around uh, the main city center. And these properties also are near the city centre, so you would not have a lot of problems commuting to get those things. And you can have uh, your own food if you are very particular about cooking yourself. Okay, we have another question from Pranav Bansal. Malala or Seria? Again, this is a tricky question in terms of different contexts. Like for example, if you are looking at a place to visit in terms of history, culture, Malala is much more better because it has a lot of historical monuments to visit. But if you are looking from an adventure perspective, Serbia is really recommend because you have the famous skydiving in Serbia. Again, when you're looking at something different, like for example, from a football perspective, I would suggest Serbia because the Serbia FC is a much bigger club than Malaga FC if you're looking for a football oriented thing. So, that, I hope that answers your question for this. 
So the next question we have from Harsh from Mumbai. So he is asking is language going to be a barrier when you are traveling abroad? So most of the places that you go to have become tourist <coughs> and uh, if you are looking at Europe, you have a lot of options of uh, speaking in English. And we had people who traveled 10-15 years back who complained regarding uh, the language. But at recent times, a lot of people already know English. And if you are, like, even if you know a little bit of English, you would be able to manage yourself in these places. And in case you are traveling with us, you would have the advantage because we offer concert services. And anything that you need, you could always ask us, and we'd be able to assist you with that. And even if uh, that is said, you could always ask the hotel because uh, they would also be able to help you with uh, the things that you need. For example, if you want to hire a cab, or if you want to hire a hotel, so all those things would be available, which is uh, there from the hotel, or you could just ask us. Great, so we have another question from Krishna from Chennai. Would you recommend adding a three night cruise in Singapore by traveling to three year old? Again, Singapore cruise is a dream for a lot of people because they feel that the cruise experience is something which they will get the best experience in. Again, coming to a three night coming to the cruise options, you have a couple of options like a two-nighter, three-nighter, and a five-nighter, which I would suggest. Again, coming to a two-night option, it just gives you a brief of from Singapore to the high seas and coming back. Whereas three-night options give you a stay at another place, like for example, from Singapore you move to Malaysia, stay at Port Klang and come back, or you can also look at five and stay at Fuki and coming back. With a three-year-old, giving that cruise a completely kid-friendly, it will be a very different experience for the little one, which I'm sure she will enjoy, or he or she can enjoy. And coming from unit running as a family, it will be a very good option as well, because seasickness won't be an issue at all, given that it's in a very slow pace, and you also have onboard doctors who are actually there for your webcam assistance. And in terms of keeping you engaged, you have a lot of activities, right, from a lot of shows, kid-friendly activities, you actually have a kid-themed center in these schools to keep the kids engaged so that the parents can actually go explore and relax with them. So that's something which I would highly suggest as well. So next question is from Pala. She's asking what are cities in Australia that you would suggest for family traveling with kids? So some of the off-meet places to start with, if you are looking at Australia, could be Darwin and another territory followed by Uru. So these places offer different different things which is not uh, completely explored by our travellers. So Uluru, for example, we have the Ayers Rock, we have the King's Canyon. So this, if you are looking at a different experience, that's the one that you should be looking at. And talking about Darwin, Darwin again is a beautiful experience if you're looking at fishing. So fishing, if anybody is interested, Darwin would be a good option. And you also have a lot of different adventurous activities there. The one such unique activity is that you have an opportunity to swim with uh, these crocodiles and obviously you'll be protected from the athlete experience. And apart from that, it offers a lot of markets. If you're looking at night markets, if you're looking to explore food, food is definitely going to be uh, something that you could explore uh, there. You have so many stores from different different uh, countries and it's called the Buddhism uh, Marketplace in Darwin that you could explore. And you could also look at the major cities like uh, Melbourne, uh, Sydney, and especially if you're looking at Melbourne, I would recommend doing the Great Ocean Road, uh, the Phillip Island, because you get to see uh, the Penguin Parade from the Phillip Island itself. You can also look at uh, the Melbourne Cricket Ground, so in case you are uh, really uh, interested in cricket, so Melbourne Cricket Ground is what you should be looking at. You also have other places like Gold Coast, like I mentioned, uh, you have a lot of theme parks experiences there. So, right from Movie World, Dream World, Wet and Wild, a lot of different experiences that you look at. And a couple of day trips that you could do if, if you're interested in weight watching. Or if you just want to sit back and relax on the beach, Gold Coast is the place that you should be 
One, especially one thing that you should be looking at in Australia is going to be for kings. So the Greek library leaf, one of the unique things about kings, you would not be able to see anywhere else. So swimming there, snorkeling, especially scuba diving, something you should be looking at. We have different cruises uh, that offers these experiences. And you also have a lot of national parks that you can do. So Kuranda National Park is one thing which is very close to kings. So I would recommend looking at a little bit of off-peak places because uh, the other territory especially is something which is uh, not completely explored. Okay. Uh, we have another question from Vishnuti again, okay? I also I heard from my friend who is a who is your friend and uh, yourself are a solo traveler and I've seen a lot of places solo. What are the difficulties to be expected as a solo traveler? Okay. Again, so you you will have two situations here. One before doing the travel in terms of how to plan things out, and one is on the vacation. So before planning, obviously the different questions will come is how do I go to that place, which is the best mode of transport. Once reaching there, how do I figure myself the accommodation? Where do I stay? So these are a lot of questions I myself do a lot of research, ask a lot of people. This is the only time where I actually check out my contact books to see if I have people staying in that place to ensure that okay, these guys can help me out. So that's one problem I face generally. Second is when I reach out there in terms of what the local attractions to see. Should I see this? Should I see that? And how do I commute to these regions? Say for example, if I'm doing a trip to Cook, I need to know whether I should take a bus from Chennai to Bangalore or Chennai to Bangalore, which is better. Which has best bus coming to me. And then staying in Kuk, where do I stay? Should I stay in Manikeri, the central region, or stay inside a coffee plantation region where I can do a lot of trekking, doing the early morning sunrise trek, or just come to the city, do a lot of music things. And again, language depending upon the place you go. Like, for example, I did a trip to Udaipur last summer, where actually Hindi was a big problem for me. But I still, given that I still have my second language Hindi skills a bit in me, I could actually survive and go about things. But Obviously, when you're traveling solo, people can easily make up that okay, this guy's traveling solo and they can actually help you all at times. But you will have to be careful with your belongings because new skills, anything can happen. So, yeah. So, the next question is from Nitya from Rivandu. So, she's asking, would I be able to carry a packed food uh, myself when I'm going to any international vacation? So, this, again, it depends on uh, your international flight that you're taking, and we recommend. That to disclose everything that you are carrying because otherwise you have problems. But if you're looking at Australian Muslim, mostly they would be able to, uh, they would allow most packed foods as long as they have uh, the details of uh, its description is there, uh, this manufacturing uh, data, it's not expired basically. And as long as it's expired, it's completely sealed and packed, you would be able to carry most of it. Wait, we have another question from Ashokan from Chennai. Which is the closest place? to head for a 10 day summer vacation from India. Okay. Now, again, various options can be kept in mind. One, if you're looking into the least flying time, you could look at the closest destination being Asia, Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia. These have very minimal flying times, like you have roughly 8 to 9 hours of flight, which again is a one stop flight. That's one option. If you're okay with high flying time, but you're looking to spend literally something good, I would recommend extending it a bit to say Singapore, Malaysia, or you can also look at Bali as a good option. Now again, when you're looking to Europe as well, if you're okay with the flying time of at least 10 to 9 hours, you can consider any part of Europe, starting from the eastern part to Greece, you can also look at Turkey also as a good option. So these have very minimal flight times, but for the amount of time you're going to spend there, they will surely keep you engaged right from the cultural part of it in Eastern Europe to the coastal regions in Italy, the cultural and historical parts there. 
Then again, we are coming to Southeast Asia, which has many, very minimal flying time. You are now on the beaches in the south, cultural experience, adventure activities in the north. And then again, a theme park life in Singapore as well. And then we are coming to Bali, you again have a mix of everything put together. So these are a couple of options I would suggest to you. And in case you're looking for a long vacation, but you still have a problem of traveling, you don't want to travel a lot. So in that case, you could combine a couple of Southeast Asian countries. For example, like you mentioned, Singapore can be combined with Bali because you have direct flights from India to Singapore and you have direct flights from Singapore to Bali. But obviously, you have to take a one-stop flight and you go back. You could also combine other places like Malaysia and Singapore. You could combine Singapore and Thailand, you could combine Hong Kong and Bali. So depending on which carrier you choose, you could uh, look at combining two different countries and uh, you would also be able to see two countries within the, the time that you have. Great. We have another question from Jesse from Hyderabad. What cities in Europe would you suggest for a family traveling with kids? Both are below five years. Okay. Now coming to this, I'm sure given that the kids are below five, you won't want much of hanging around and walking. So you could consider starting with a place like Paris is what I would suggest because that's where Given that you're staying in the city centre, you actually have these Paris transport cars which gives you access to all the public transport as well as the local, which include the local metros, the buses, as well as the tube stations, which gives you easy communication for your places you're staying nearby. And then you also have kid friendly things like you can visit the, uh, the Paris miniature, which is again really recommended. You have the Disneyland in Paris. If you're looking at something, if the kids are okay with a bit of nature or scenic part, I would recommend you going to these nearby villages that you can look at this like Bordeaux or Marseille or if, you're, if the kids are open to beaches and you think you surely enjoy things I would recommend going down south to a place called Nice which actually has very good beaches so Paris is something that uh, France as a whole is something which I would suggest you can trust them again So what are the common mishaps to avoid while traveling with family asked by Nishwan from Ahmedabad so, this one specific thing that I would want to say is uh, you should not be looking at a very uh, difficult place that you want to travel for and by that I mean that you should not have a very long flight because going, as, going with children, you, the children would become a little tired looking at uh, longer flights, right? And with that also I would like to add that choose your activities wisely because if you're going with children, some activities you might be able to do but some activities they might not be able to do. So instead of waiting and doing it for doing it around with just one parent, you could always choose an activity which you could do uh, for both of them. And one thing I would like to say is I think most of our uh, travellers uh, generally add places. For example, uh, I had a traveller that they were going to Australia and they specifically wanted to cover city but they didn't want a stay because uh, they had relatives there. So one common thing that people do is they would generally want to add uh, places where their family is. So that's a good option because this way you can at least uh, have a family time with the other relatives that you have and considering Indians have a lot of relatives I think you would definitely find a place uh, to look at those options and one thing I would like to say the most common mistake that people generally do is they go very late and they start planning this uh, completely late which doesn't have time uh, for the visa they'd be spending a little extra compared to what they would have, uh, have paid beforehand so this way I would like them planning a little earlier so that they can enjoy uh, a much better day compared to what you would have paid later Okay. We have another question from Kathikeyan from Delhi. I'm looking at a six-night trip to Bali. What idea would you suggest? Okay. Now coming to Bali, it is a place which gives you an overall experience right from the nature, cultural part to a beachside destination. 
You also have something of these like items, Rusa, Rusa Lenovo, and Rusa Premier State. So if you're looking at a six-night IPV, and I assume if this is for a, a couple, I would suggest you to keep the initial couple of nights, like two to three nights, in place for Rusa Dua, where you again have very good beach properties and can explore that region with a couple of water sports like scuba diving, snorkeling. And then you can head up north to a place called Ubud, which is actually known for the private pool villas, which will be like the highlight of your trip. So that's something you can consider. If you're open to something off peak, you could take like a couple of days off and move on to this place called Gili Island, which is again roughly a four to five hour ferry ride from the Bali mainland, which again has very good beach view and beach facing properties, and you'll actually have a secluded time which is like on your own. So this is something I would suggest. Okay, we have another question from Sindhu. Guys, just following up. What are good self-exploration spots in Iceland? Try to avoid package stores. Okay, again, when coming to Iceland, people normally consider places like Reykjavik and Vik, which is more of a self-exploration, and Iceland is best explored when you're driving, because that's where you again have the whole flexibility to go about things and take pit stops, because being a very scenic destination, on these roads from Reykjavik to Vik, or Selfos, you actually have good spots to stop, take a lot of pictures and go about things. So this is something I would recommend you exploring Iceland, but self-driving is the very best option for this. And we have the next question from Nikita Jai. She's asking, how safe is it uh, for a girl to travel solo? So we've had a lot of solo travelers, and generally uh, it is safe uh, for, uh, for girls or for guys to travel. But the only common thing we have to see is we have to choose a location where to stay properly. Because uh, we have a lot of options, like for example, if we want to stay first, we can generally stay away from city center. Which means that uh, the location might not be good. So we recommend staying somewhere close to the city centre in places which is safe. Because that's the main thing. And the next thing we would be uh, mentioning is you should be looking at places which are safe. For example, some places are not safe. For example, I would not be recommending uh, Paris for a solo traveler because there we had a lot of pickpocketers. So you or you just stay safe with that. So that's only one advice for uh, solo travellers. Okay, we have another question from Stephia Stephen. People say that for summer vacations we should focus on good resorts or villas rather than destinations as such. What's your view on that? Are there properties worth spending 4 to 5 minutes just to reach up? Where can I find them? Again, coming to this, I would recommend you looking at, okay, when you're looking at spending much time on a good resort or a property, it would completely make sense if you're actually having a beach nearby or attached to it so that you are having a very good experience of that by not only staying at the property but heading out to the private beach exploring things. Coming to places like this, I would suggest again coming back to Southeast Asia will be a very good option because your phone price will again be very expensive cost to bomb. To get something at a very cheap rate or a reasonably okay but not that expensive in your you can consider places again like Bali or Thailand being the southern part where you actually have very good beach properties in places like Phuket, Kali, which have their own private beaches. But people just go unwind for three to four nights come back. You can also look at places like Bali staying in two different locations, like one being Usadwa being a very good beach experience for you, spending three to four nights there, and then moving up north to a place called Ubud, which has a very good private pool villas as well, where you can actually have a time of your own. And sometimes these places organize good candlelight dinners, which again gives you that nice romantic feeling experience and a very calm beach for them. And adding on to that, these private pool villas also provide you good massages which again keeps you completely relaxed. 
And in case you're looking at alternate destinations, you could obviously look at Mars or Seychelles. Or in case you want a different experience, you could look at Greece. Because Greece, you could look at Athens, for the different part of architecture. And you could go to Santorini, because the sunset in the eye is going to be really beautiful. And like I mentioned, if looking at properties, Santorini definitely is going to be a little more possible than what the Southeast Asia market is going to be. But that is a view that you wouldn't mind spending. And we could add this with Mykonos, again, known for its party life, this Paradise Beach, this Paradise Beach. You could look at uh, adding that, and this again would be good for uh, an average destination time of roughly about 7 to 8 days. And uh, this should ideally cost between 2.5 to 3 max for a couple, but it depends on where you're planning this. And like I mentioned, I would recommend uh, planning this at least 4 to 5 months in advance so that uh, you could save on that. We have another question from Hansika from Mumbai. I'm planning a 10 day trip to Houston in the month of May. Okay, what would you suggest the idea like and how do I go with this? So, how many you take this? So, Houston, if you see first, I would like to say is May is when the summer already ends and it is going to be a time that you could visit, but it's going to be a little on the colder side. Especially places in the south, like Queenstown, Franz Joseph, Mount Cook, all going to be really on the colder side. You would be able to see that uh, the temperature goes down to about 0 degrees or uh, 5 degrees between this in the night. Whereas in the morning it would be between 10 to 15 degrees. So we would recommend that you could, if you are comfortable with uh, the cold and you want a place which you want to just uh, sit back, so that's going to be a good option. And if looking at an itinerary, I would recommend I would recommend Auckland for sure because in terms of the connectivity, Auckland is going to be the best uh, for you to enter. And in Auckland also you have a lot of options that you can explore. For example, the Auckland Skytower is definitely something I would recommend. Uh, just to go see the views from uh, uh, the top of the floor. And other activities you could look at, you could do a wine tasting too, which was to uh, an island called Wanuki Island. The reason we suggest this over the other places is because you get a friendly experience. You also get an island experience, and the Wanuki Island offers one of the best wine tasting. And you could, uh, and one thing specifically for New Zealand, we recommend taking a self drive car rather than uh, taking a coach route because New Zealand is all about the road trips that you want to see. And so you have the flexibility because going as a family or going as a couple, you would not want that that you wake up at 8 in the morning and go for a coach tour. Instead, if you have the flexibility and you have a car for yourself, you could leave whenever you want and you could explore things on the way because New Zealand is a very scenic place. And for example, between Auckland and Rotterdam itself, you have multiple attractions. For example, you have the Glowcom Caves, uh, Waikomo, Aruna. You have multiple caves in that area itself that you could look at. It also offers additional activities like uh, water tubing, black water tubing, and you could look at uh, Obidon movie sets. So, Obidon movie sets, in case you, you are the Obidon or the Lord of the Rings uh, movie fans, we would definitely recommend uh, going there because uh, that's where the movie was shot. And uh, we recommend doing this on the way to Rotterdam so that you save time and you do not uh, stay in multiple places. So, like what I mentioned earlier, we would recommend not having hop-on-hop experiences and having one place as a base, exploring a lot of other things. And Rotterdam also, you will be able to explore a lot of unique things. For example, the thermal wonderland there is uh, something which is very unique. And Waitapo or Tikiwa, uh, there is uh, what it's called. You have other activities uh, like bungee uh, jumping, etc. that you can also do. A little down south uh, at a place called Taco. And in case you're looking at beaches, Coromandel or Tahia would be a great option that you should be exploring. A lot of water activities is something that you could explore. And what we recommend is you would come to the south coast and because we do not recommend coming down all the way to Wellington to drive because that becomes a very long drive and that's something which we avoid. And even though Wellington is the capital of New Zealand, uh, we recommend just uh, skipping that and coming all the way to 
the south end because uh, generally uh, you would have over 20, 15 days unless you plan in 20 days we would recommend you can drive completely down south and Queenstown known as the adventure capital of Houston we have a lot of factories that you will be planning out right from Skydiving to Bungee Jumping and one of the most adventurous things is going to be the Nerys Swing which we generally recommend for our travelers and if you are looking at seeing beauty Jalanti, yet again a place where uh, a lot of the movies, uh, a lot of the movies were shot you could explore that and Beautiful Sound is one thing that uh, people would definitely want to do it also offers a great view when you are driving from uh, Queenstown to Milford Sound and you could look at Franz Josef but ideally I would recommend skipping that because it would be really cold on the other hand you can look at Lake Kekapo because you can explore, you can have a little bit of nature there uh, if you are interested in stargazing that's something I would definitely recommend and post that you could just drive towards Christchurch Christchurch are known for its casinos, uh, a little bit of nightlife and uh, you could just catch an international flight back from Christchurch itself just one thing to point out is most of the flights uh, flying from Christchurch would be a two-stop flight so you might and that would have a stopover in Australia so you might have to just apply for an Australian class visa because that's going to be mandatory for that Great, we have another question from Krishnamurti again Bro, food is life so I want to do some food tours in New Zealand and are there any in Australia as well? What should I consider? We start again here So New Zealand and Australia like I mentioned are completely uh, different uh, cuisines that you can explore so in Australia if you are looking at something offbeat Darwin is a place that you should be going to and you have a lot of different stalls from different different countries that you could explore there and other places like Sydney and Melbourne also are something that you should be exploring and in case you really like food and you want to have some food challenges both Sydney and Melbourne offer great food challenges that you can look at and you could either win something like for example you could just wear a t-shirt that uh, these restaurants offer and you could also have a meat free in case you come to the challenge and different types of cuisine are being offered both New Zealand and Australia like they offer also multi cuisine options, so Australia is when you could explore these things. Wait, we have another question from Kartikeyan. I am looking to travel to either Thailand or Vietnam this summer. What do you suggest? We are we are two covers planning. Okay. Now again, these two destinations are two completely different. It's things, twelve hours. Which actually works in like for example Thailand being more of a cultural beast aspect, whereas Vietnam being more into the historical and cultural part of it. So again, if you're keen on very good beaches, nice beach properties, just getting a laid-back trip, I would recommend you looking at Thailand as well because you have very good beaches at places like Koh Samui, Koh Phangan, Koh Tao, which actually has very good beach properties and very good water sports like scuba and snorkel. But if you're looking at a different experience, like a lot of Indians actually don't travel to Vietnam, so you can actually consider that very well. So more of historical parts, like for example, you can do the Halong Bay Cruise, which is one of the most scenic cruises in the world. So that's what you can consider. And coming down south to a place called Ho Chi Minh, which is more of an army base camp and a war kind of place where you actually have the Chu Chi tunnels, which I would suggest as well. So that's something which I would cover. So I think, I mean, if you're comparing between both, Thailand should be a better option if it's more on a leisurely and a chill place, a chill perspective, but if you're looking at Vietnam or address exploring things, Vietnam will be a virtually better option. Okay, we have another question from Mr. Dilip from Australia. Okay, I'm looking to travel to New Zealand from there. How long do you suggest things and what are the visa formality for me? So given you're looking at New Zealand and uh, when you're traveling from Australia, you would have uh, the option of taking a direct flight and uh, depending on your uh, duration so if you look at a short trip, you're going to 
was fine. And we took the south island because yesterday only has a lot of city life. So I'm sure that if you want to take the scenic beauty side, and south island is what I would recommend. And if you are looking at the south, I would recommend at least having a duration about six, seven nights. And like I mentioned earlier, you should be looking at Queenstown, Crown Joseph, Christchurch. You also have you can also add a TNR, one car, Lake Echo, etc. So I think this is the time's up, I think this being the last question for today. We have one more question from Mr. Amrit from Delhi. Sentosa or Universal in Singapore? Again, this from a family vacation perspective, if you're looking to travel with kids, I would recommend doing Sentosa over Universal because Universal is completely more of the rights and you again have a high cable base. If your child is only 130 centimeters and above, it's better to be accessible to all these rights. And Universal, pretty much at least 75 80% of Universal Studios will need the rides like Transformers in each of the seven theme parks. So that's funny. But again, coming to Sentosa, you have like these pretty activities and attractions which can be done. And you also have a pass which gives you access to all 20 of them. Or if you feel that is too hectic, you can again take a five activity pass which gives you access to any five. And then post that five, you can actually, depending on what you want to do, you can do them on spot. So, Ideally, for keeping a child perspective who is very young, I would recommend Sentosa. But if it's a family vacation with older, older kids who are like 12, 13, doing universe would be a better perspective. So I think we are coming to the end of the show. Very great having you guys here. Hope me and Shaw would be of very good use in terms of finding some of it. Do let us know. Reach out to us anytime. We'll be more than happy to have your own things. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thanks so much.